This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And Merry Christmas to you all. It's a very Merry Christmas for all bees out there. As we've all got big smiles on our faces. We've got the Christmas turkey. We've got whatever else you do on Christmas. And also we have got a semi-final in the bag. As we went out and we beat Newcastle 1-0 a few days ago. And tell you what, if you wanted a Christmas present and you weren't going to get any others, this was the one Christmas present you wanted to get. My name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here still with a smile on my face. My face, my face is smiling. <laughs> my face is like, it's like, you know, it's like I've got Botox, you know, it's like the smile is just like there. I've been sitting there for two days with this massive smile on my face after beating Newcastle 1-0, getting through to the first ever semi-final for Brentford in well ever that they've ever been in in all the amount of years that I've been supporting that team and I'd be desperate for them to try and get at least one decent team and try and get through and do something half decent we've actually finally got through to the semi-final and I couldn't be there but anyway it doesn't matter like I said to you I'm Billy Grant I'm sitting here in the virtual joint it is Christmas day and I've got Laney in the house and you have you have you both your face up as well yeah I need it mate yeah um yeah happy Christmas to everyone um I hope today's a brilliant day for you all it's uh you know it's a, it's a special day you know in a very weird year but um as Billy just said uh as early Christmas presents went the victory over Newcastle United was just incredible uh very comfortable I thought in the end we had our moments we'll talk about the game in a minute but uh, yeah for, for for us to get through to a, a major semi-final is just an accept- exceptional achievement and it really does, does show you just how the history is being re, re sort of modelled in front of our eyes you know the standards year on year are, are growing 
and uh, you know this things that I never thought I'd, I'd see in my lifetime or ever expected as a Brentford fan and they're starting to become reality so yeah uh, can't wait for the, the, the semi-final against Tottenham in the uh, first week of January bring that on that's right let's bring it on and as Lady says you know the match was Tuesday night we beat 1-0 then afterwards we watched the Arsenal game and keeping our fingers crossed that Arsenal are going to actually win that game so that we can actually get them because they're not doing particularly well in the Premier League at the moment but they fluffed it so they're out the picture and then the following day couple of games we had the Stoke City versus Tottenham game as well Tottenham did them good and proper then we had the Manchester United game as well and then Manchester United got through then we had the draw and there we were sitting there and it's really bizarre where you've got the draw where you've got Manchester City you've got Manchester United you've got Tottenham and you've got Brentford so as people are saying you know you know who says the League Cup is dead and buried you know because you've got four big teams in the semi-final draw and uh, I think they're probably all quaking there in their boots like thinking oh no we don't play Brentford like you know um, no actually no it's not actually tell you something the one good thing about that was I'd say the last few years has been a bit weird especially because we've had the turnaround we've talked about this we're a lot of the pundits and everything like that beforehand all the people that used to slag us off and you know just call us tin pot they didn't call us but they, we had that vibe about them they never used to bother with us but all of a sudden the tv companies are into us everybody's into us all the pundits love us they're all gushing about us you see other fans get really jealous as well they're going oh my god i can't believe they're they're, they're, they're going on about brentford again like you know and i'm just sort of thinking listen it's like this is this things have changed for Brentford you know Sky Sports Brentford as we say you know a lot of our matches are on TV you know a lot of pundits know about our team and all of a sudden like I said you were not above the radar anymore or not below the radar or above the radar which is really quite annoying but now what I quite like about being at this stage of the draw is that we're back to being the underdog again the team that we're, we're always used to being because like when we played Fulham they expected us to win this season they expect us to win the league there's all these things that you know are very un-Brentford and it's actually quite quite annoying so it's quite nice to go into this draw where we are the underdog we're the team that no one really expects to get to we're plucky old Brentford who've managed to beat four Premier League teams so far and uh you know, they've been writing us off already, haven't they, Laney? Kind of writing us off, but I, I kind of agree with what you said, actually. You know, the, the fact that the pundits are kind of educated about us, they're, they're knowledgeable. You know, Jamie Redknapp, for, for, you know, for all of his faults in so much as, you know, basically telling Newcastle fans they should be happy just to be 18th and sort of, you know, with a few points in the bag already in the Premier League, I'm sure they were chomp, you know, they were sort of like salivating with anger. But he, he, he kind of knew about our team and we are kind of obviously under the radar slightly but people know that we're a, you know what, what 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 we're about you know the threat we pose the players that we've got um the fact you know we we kind of replace and we we, we have we, although we've got a weaker team slightly than this time last year probably on 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 you know as a squad you know we're we're in a better position so um, I, I was quite happy that we weren't overly patronised, to be honest, about it. Won't you know three three big teams and a bit of crap on your shoe, Brentford. You know we we we're there on merit. We've earned our place there. We've we've as you say beaten four Premiership teams to get this stage, and not shoddy ones either. You know, well, apart from Fulham, of course. But um, yeah, no, of course. Yes, but of course. you know, West Brom at the time. You know they were, you know, you know should have been 
chomping at the bit for the challenge ahead. Obviously, Southampton have gone on from strength to strength after that, and you know Newcastle have will have won a couple of decent away games this season so you know um, we, we've, we're there because we deserve to be there so I, I'm just really excited Tottenham are probably the better of those the other the other two teams for us and you talked about Jamie Redknapp I mean he was absolutely purring about Josh De Silva you know the whole game even you know at half time he just couldn't stop talking about him this is even before he had scored as well scored a fantastic goal in the second half Josh did as well but you know to be fair it's almost like you know it's interesting because he was going you know Josh De Silva you know if Brentford don't go up next season he's not going to be there you know with them he's not going to be with them but he'll be in the Premier League whatever next season with Brentford or without Brentford and I thought that was really interesting because he was almost like purring about Josh De Silva in a way about somebody who who hasn't really seen them before. And what I noticed was I was getting quite a few texts because listen we've got playoff final we've been to all these things and we think that everyone knows us but this is this is not the case. We're still very very much we're not we're not mainstream you know, we're not match of the day material, Brentford. We are still like, if we're on the TV, we're on Sky, and what their games might get, what, one million, maybe two million, you know, maybe a bit more viewers. You notice that when we got that Leicester game on the BBC last year, that was the game that more, most of your friends who probably, you know, just watch a bit of football here and there actually seen us. And we were probably a little bit disappointed in that game that we were on mainstream TV, but we didn't have our first team but this game I noticed there's lots of people who don't really know that much about Brentford we're going oh my god you've got the semi-final oh you were really good and I still think there's a lot of people that don't know that much about us and it's almost like what Jamie Redknapp was doing Jamie Redknapp was purring about Josh De Silva he's purring about the way that we're playing a football almost like somebody who doesn't know it hasn't seen it that much he, he, he covers mainly Premier League football. So for him to kind of cover this game, this is new for him. Caroline Barker, she knows us like the cows come home. Don Goodman, he knows us like the cows come home. They all know our football. So this is nothing new to them. But this is new for the Red Nap. And for him, this is interesting because now we're moving into different people's zones. You know, Gary Lineker tweeted, you know, well done Brentford, you know, you beat the Newcastle. We're getting into their, their, their little zones now. And I think this is going to be a very interesting period for Brentford because we've definitely gone up a few notches, haven't we? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the, I guess the, the first going up a notch was us appearing in the uh, you know the, the playoff final for a place in the premiership you know the, the richest game in football is dubbed you know for us for us to be the one in that game was a game changer you know uh, you know I never thought we'd we'd ever be there you know you watch that game year after year after year and you know it was always too much really to expect when we were in you know the third tier and the fourth tier these games were going on and we, we just seemed like it, it you know it was a different planet but now you know uh, after after being there um it was almost a disappointment to be there you know we, we we're, we're aiming a little bit higher than that we're aiming at we're aiming at automatics rather than sort of like scraping through the playoffs to get into the prem um, so yeah, you're right. You know, we're educating a lot of people that kind of mix in the echelons of the top tier and the top tier only, uh, or the top tier, and then the Champions League and the you know, the international tournaments. That's what Lineker gets involved with. I'm not saying Lineker doesn't know his his stuff below that, but that's that's where his bread and butter is. That's where he earns his gravy. So. 
um, for them to be appreciative of the way we play and understanding the way we play and it not come as a surprise to them I think that's a massive massive uh, pat on the back to everyone that's got anything to do with our club to be honest and the, the other thing that I'm finding is really reassuring is we seem to be doing it within our comfort zone you know we don't seem to be kind of panicking we, we, we didn't pick our strongest team um, we, 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 we rested players as well as picking a strong team we, we had we had the whole uh, the whole kind of the magnitude of the game in, in exactly the right volume level you know we we went for the win but we didn't risk the win at, uh, at any cost so yeah I, I, I just think that the the intelligence and the, the planning and the, the structure and the just the know-how that we have at our disposal at Brentford Football Club is just incredible and you know as a fan um, it's just uh, just an incredible education I think the last six years seven years to kind of to kind of be part of that journey to kind of understand and witness how how we're progressing bit by bit and you know it was it was a bit of a, um, a shock really to see so many of our supporters writing us off um, before a ball had even been kicked like they weren't even supporting us it seemed we were they were kind of wanting us to fail to to, to, to kind of like have a go at the team selection but the team selection had got us through to this stage and you know after looking at the team for five or ten minutes I kind of like thought actually did we stand a proper good chance here this, that's, a, that's still a strong team you know so you know I don't know what you thought of that Bill when the team selection came out and the kind of like the the vitriol and the kind of like the anger and the kind of almost like who 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 were Brentford to do that? They've let us down already. I think that's not not very supporter like, is it? Well, no. I mean, luckily again, you know, I'm <laughs> lucky enough to have got away um, just before you know just before the lockdown um, happened. So I'm actually kind of out of town um, by the seaside, as they say. So I've got this kind of zen, kind of chilled out vibe going on. So I actually didn't catch any of the pre-match social media. I only heard a few comments from people sort of talking about it afterwards. Um, what I'll say, though, you know, in, in response to those comments is that, listen, we're in the semi-final or quarter-finals of a cup. We kind of just get on with it. And also, I think that with Thomas Frank, um, he kind of like, you know, he, 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 I think he's proven people enough times and you've got to kind of just trust him. What I think is quite interesting is... If you, compare, you, you know, you compare this to last season, we talked about when we played Leicester in the Cup and we played, you know, again, another inverted commas B team, you know, not a full strength side against Leicester at all. Um, and we got beaten 2-0 in the Cup, you know, but we played some decent football there. But, you know, they did beat us with them proper. This season, what's interesting, I think that we've actually got a stronger side. So it shows that I think we've actually got a stronger squad than we have last year. You might say, oh, yeah, but we didn't play, you know, we played Leicester. We've only played, you know, Southampton and, and, and Newcastle. But that's not the point. I still think that we've got a stronger squad this year and we have got actually much more strength in depth. Just because we haven't got sort of brand names, I think the fact that, you know, you've got Jen Alt for Norgard, like, you know what I'm saying, you've got, you know, um, Marcondes that can come in and out and these, you know, and these, these players are in our side. I think we have got a stronger squad and I think this has been real testament to us this season in how we are sort of kind of, you know, how we performed. I think it's proper testament to, you know, the fact that we uh, have won. <laughs> We've got four Premier League teams out, right, you know, with this team. And I think there's also it's testament to Thomas Frank. I think Thomas Frank, to be fair, I've got to doff me app to him. And he's turned around and he's gone, tell you what, 
I'm going to use the same team pretty much that's got us through from the beginning to the end in this squad. OK, I'm going to mix it around a little bit and few, put a few of the players who are deemed first teamers in there, mix it around a bit. But pretty much, this is the same team. You know, your Daniels, it's like, you know, your Madspec Sorensons, you've got your Thompsons, you know, you've got your Fossus in that side who have knocked out four Premier League teams. Now, you you can't knock that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how many... I'm not even... Fulham. Fulham, of all the money that they spent, you know, Fulham... Listen, even the Fulham fans are calling me now because they're not happy at all. You can hear the bells ringing. But the Fulham... <laughs> but the Fulham, they haven't won as many Premier League games as what we have. You know what I'm saying? I think Arsenal have probably haven't won as many or have won as many Premier League games as we have and or, you know, against Premier League teams. And that's with our B team. So what I'm trying to say is that I think people need to just kind of step back a little bit and let the manager do his job. At the end of the day... He's done some things. He's got us as far. You know, we're so far we are in the league. Yeah, OK, we might not be as pretty as we were before, but we're getting the results and we're getting there. I remember, like I said to you, some Borough fans saying to us from years time, you know, you remind us of, you know, of, of our Mowbray days. When Mowbray was our manager, we used to play football just like you. Beautiful football, but got us nowhere. He goes, but now, you know, we started to become a little bit more ugly. We got Karanka in there, you know, and we started to get results. At the end of the day, I think Thomas Frank is doing exactly the same thing. He's thinking, listen, I need to work with the players I've got. I've got to start getting results in a different way. We play a different type of football. And it's obviously working. So, you know, what the question is, what do we people want? We're Brentford fans, you know. We're not, you know, we're not Barcelona or Real Madrid who, you know, years of history of that and they, and they play a particular style of football. I think we're doing all right. I can kind of understand um, anger and kind of uh, um, and vitriol kind of like after the game, Bill. If he picked that team and they let us down badly and, it, and we, we'd gone out, then I'd, I'd say, yeah, cool. of course criticise your team, of course criticise selection, of course criticise the manager. Always, you know, we've, we've, we've been doing the fanzine for 30 years you know we've we've often been outspoken we've often said it as it is we've often kind of called out managers year in year out sometimes but normally once you know what's happened you've got to give people the benefit of the doubt especially after you know having beaten three premiership teams with this with that same team to have written them off and to go on and to, to kind of you know really be quite nasty and obnoxious before the game has even started I just kind of it, be, it beggars belief Bill to be honest for, for me you know um, it, 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 it again you know you've got it seems like the support of the team is is almost like secondary to some people it, it really does um, and it I, I just can't get my head around it especially you know when we're doing so well I mean so well we're fourth in the division we're halfway. We've not really got into fourth gear often. Um, we've got the leading goal scorer in the division. Um, we've got we've got skill and um, and flair in abundance still. And we're we were in the quarterfinals and now in the semi-finals of the cup with the FA Cup still to come. I, you know what is there really to be bleating about? You know, I I just I don't get it. And you forgot. And we're Brentford, and and we're not putting ourselves down, but we said we're we're, we're Brentford. You know what I'm saying? We we are a club who've come from, and we were chatting about this as well. We'll talk about this maybe a little bit later. You know, the the teams that we played, you know, ten years ago, we were in Division Two. Okay, this is no excuse because we've you know we've had a climb, 
but you know, you know, four, five years ago we had crowds of three, four, three, four thousand. Maybe we're getting five thousand if you're lucky. All right now, of course, we've got bigger than that, and of course, you've got a bigger ambitions. But it's kind of like, you know, just just people got to calm down a little bit and just kind of enjoy the moment. It's almost like there isn't. Maybe there's some people out there that are maybe for whatever reason trying to find an excuse whatever excuse there is be and like i said to you it may be that you do nine things right out of ten. Nine things right out of ten you don't say anything but that tenth time when you do something wrong everyone's all over you you know you've seen that you've seen that as well maybe you know, when you're at school and some te- school teachers that they have they, did, they give you no credit at all for the stuff that you do that is good but they come down on you at that one thing that you do that is bad and there's a quite a similar type scenario as well here and it's kind of like hold on a second you need to kind of look at things in a different way and maybe you know some people either don't want to or don't see it in a different way or maybe you know they they believe the club should you know be run in a different way or or maybe they don't like the success that, that, that the club is having for whatever reason and maybe you know you know for whatever reason it should be they decide to, to just to criticize it because they're not happy with it now listen everyone's entitled to their own opinion and as you say you're confused about it for me i think it's a bit bizarre i kind of ignore it all to be quite honest you just let people kind of get on with it but um the thing about it is that you know maybe it's always been like that it's just that social media does amplify this stuff and you hear things that you might not have heard before and my argument is just kind of just like just let them let them let them get on with it because at the end of the day you know the club's gonna carry on doing <laughs> what it's doing <laughs> and it is you know listen if we make a mistake and we'll fall um you know we'll end up being 12th or 14th in the league but you know it's much better than you know the days when we were playing Wrexham and we were playing Ultranum and all that lot which were great fun but you know we've moved on from that well and, and, uh, and if you if you're not if you're not going to enjoy things now you're never going to enjoy them to be honest are you you know with uh, the truck Going, going to that next level of competing in the top three of the Premier Division is like, uh, again, another planet away from where we are at the moment. There's a lot to enjoy. I Just get on and enjoy it. Try and enjoy it, please. That's right, indeed. And talking about enjoying it, I was very, very fortunate as well. Yesterday, um, um, when, the, when the match was on yesterday, I had to pop out to go and get a few supplies, like, you know what I'm saying? So I was just I'm popping out just to get, you know, a bit of sugar and a few last-minute sort of wrapping paper and everything like that. And I was very lucky to go and meet Monty the Bee as well. Monty, I met him uh, on a away game to Stockport years ago. We went to the infamous Breadbury Hall for a weekend away, and we, we just sort of been good mates ever since, like, you know. And Bro- uh, Monty actually lives down here on the south coast. He's just moved into a, a flat on the seafront in Brighton and so when I sort of kind of put a little message out he said Bill you're in Brighton come down and meet me down the pub and so I met him for a, a celebratory drink we raised our glasses to the Newcastle victory and also uh, to the cup draw that was going to be coming a few hours later as well so that was all good so I'm just going to have to say to him and the South Coast Bees just to let you know the South Coast Bees there is another South Coast Bees down there and he's he, he's got his own screen as well he walked to the pub he's like oh, this is my screen Bill you know it's really <laughs> great so any South Coast Bees wants to go down and watch the game with the Monty, go down the eddy and he's got his own screen and you can go and beat yourself up when the tiers actually go back down to tier three or two two whenever they will do anyway but anyway let's let's talk a little bit about this game because we've talked very excitedly about in and around the game as well so as we said uh, Thomas Frank stuck pretty much with the team that has got him to to where we are you know Fosu at right back Thompson at left back Godos was in the side as well like you know what I'm saying and uh, you know and and, and to be fair, they handled themselves really well, didn't they? 
Yeah, we did. Um, we obviously there were some moments, and you would expect that against Newcastle with you know with Wilson in the team and John Joe Shelby, and you know there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of really good players in a in a, in what is a very poor team, um, uh, and we did all right, um, more than all right in that first half. Um, I think you know obviously the, the the glaring chances that we missed got us. Uh, the ball came across and it was slightly, not, you know, it wasn't quite perfectly weighted for him. And he, he he hit it down into the ground. It was almost like a Mark McCammon moment where the ball he was hit down instead of forward and it bounced up onto the crossbar. On another day, that hits his shin and goes in. Um, and then obviously Sergi Canos is, is header, which was like that was a head in hands moment for everyone. I would have thought, and that was like a, a really poor miss. That really fell to the wrong player. You know, if Ivan Tony was there, that would in, would have been in the back of the net. But you know, um, obviously there were some expletives shared, like you know, in, in, on, in every sort of place that of any Brentford fan was watching that at that miss, but especially the Canos miss. But I kind of like, I, then I said to, you know, my son that, you know, this is about hanging on in there. We only need to win this 1-0. This isn't, this isn't about, you know, necessarily showing what we can do. This is about getting through to the next round. We've just got to carry on creating chances. And we carried on creating them and we, we took one in the end. And Canos really did make up for the miss by, by setting up Josh De Silva. It was an absolute brilliant ball. Um, and he took it on the on the volley, and he's just smashed it into the back of the net past Darlow. And Darlow, I, I I feared was he's been on really good form this season for Newcastle, and it was going to take a really good shot to get past him, and it was a cracker. Um, and yeah, there was there was some sort of heart in mouth moments uh, later on in the game, but I think I just think more more than more than the actual threat I think it was just the fact that you know we were just fearing the worst and you know it was it was not not a Brentford in it this but it was just that you know you expected them to at least carve out something uh, you know a, a real high XG chance but they, they didn't and we, we weathered the storm and you know Ivan Tony came on and we really did like I mean he holds the ball up brilliantly didn't necessarily I know he had a chance towards the end but you know he 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 did more than just look a threat up front. He come back, held the ball up, defended, and he gives that Brentford team a real, like, he's like a, a, a real a shot in the arm. He really does crank us up a level. And, um, you know, he, he showed what a great player he was. So it was just a fully deserved win. To be fair, there was, you know, Newcastle did miss a couple of chances. You know, I think Daniels pulled off a couple of really good saves as well. Uh, we had a situation with, obviously, Callum Wilson. We know what a good player Callum Wilson is. And, you know, listen, Fosu, great, you know, and especially attacking-wise, he caused, you know, a lot of problems for Newcastle as well as he was boring himself up the wing and finding himself all over the pitch as well. Uh, but there's a couple of times that he got, you know, he got... He, he was stretched a bit and he got turned and Callum Wilson actually kind of, you know, took him out, you know, uh, didn't put the ball in the back of the net. And, you know, I'd say that maybe these are the times when the rubber, the green has gone right for us. Um, you know, and, and a lot of the times that doesn't really happen as well. As you said, Tony came on, you know, and you can see the difference when Tony came on as a player. Really great. Hold the ball up, you know, defensively is really great. But also a wonderful moment was when Norgard came on and that was his first game back since Preston, which I believe was mid-September. So 
and that's like you know September, October, November, December. That's three months that actually Norgard has been out. You know, and it's not only three months, but we've been playing two games a week. So you can imagine now. I think it's seventeen games or something like that. He's been out, and it's really interesting because listen, janelle has been absolutely fantastic for the bees. But you can see when Norgard came back, the type of player that he is and the calm, the control and his playing of the ball. And in effect, he kind of, oh, I believe that he, he got the ball, won the ball. And he kind of, I think he set it up for, for Sergi to, to, to set it up. I, I, haven't, I haven't watched a replay back as well, but I believe that Norgard was very much involved in the play, which actually led to the goal as well. So, you know, listen, you know, the good thing about it, like I said to you, is that we're moving into January and getting these players back is, is, is a really, really good sign. And we have to remember that we've got to fourth place in the league without a player who we thought was going to absolutely dominate and run this league this year. You know, so, and, and, and it's, listen, it's, it's hard. Listen, I, I can empathise with Thomas Frank 100% because, listen, when you haven't got your key players, your first team players in the side the whole time, your Pontus Janssen's not playing, you know, your Norgards, whoever else it may be in the side, you've got, you know, Ben Rama's out, so you're trying to find a substitute for him. It is quite hard because, listen, you've got other players and you make do what you can do, but you're not necessarily going to do exactly what you used to do before. And, listen, you know, Norgard being back, I think this is, this is massive. This is massive for Brentford. And also the reason why it's really massive, he hasn't played for three months so he's going to have to get some game time under his belt so this match rotation thing that we've been seeing before and I mean we're going to be crowbarring him into all matches to try and get him some game time so I think we'll be seeing quite a lot of Norgard or Norgard as, 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 the, as the commentator says with his, uh, with his new haircut as well right, you know um, and talk about haircuts Andy Carroll when he came on that was that was a great move for Brentford wasn't it Laney? Yeah he did brilliantly didn't he, he pushed his pushed his own player out of the way and then like lashed it into Rosette. he was he looked awful didn't he um, there was there was some interesting <laughs> haircuts going on on the pitch as you say yeah Norgard's duck Dumb and Dumber uh, sort of style uh, wedge, and then, then uh, yeah, so yeah, and Andy Carroll, which uh, I don't know what his hair looks like when it's kind of not done up like that, but uh, it's not going to look any better, I don't think. Um, so yeah, no, I, I thought we traded blows, you know, with Newcastle, you know, in some respect. I, I you know, they, you know, you can say that they had a great chance, but then we had two great. I think we had two decent chances to every one they had so you know if everyone was taking them I, t- I, feel, I still think we would have won that game um, you know S- Steve Bruce he looked resigned at the end of that he's, he's you know his fans were obviously baying for blood anyway if you listen to the Newcastle fan in the podcast before before the match you know he was predicting a 3-0 Brentford win and it, it could have been on another night and you know equally as you said you know Callum Wilson did pull out, did have a couple of saves made from him, um, but we always knew he was going to be a threat. But it didn't really come from anywhere else. I mean, and you're talking about Alex from True Faith, um, the Newcastle podcast. I'm going to say fair pay to him as well. We spoke to him for a good 45 minutes. You know, there's a full length version. I, I thoroughly, even the game's over, I thoroughly recommend just going back and listening to that because again, it will make you smile just about listening to, he's so honest and truthful, not only about Newcastle, but he was talking about Premier League, he was talking about Brentford, about how he could fit in, you know, and it's a real insight into certain things. He predicted they were going to win 3-0, but only, he said, because he thought we were going to put a first team out. I spoke to him afterwards and he said, oh, well, you know, you put a, you know, a B team out, so I, you know, I've got to revise my 3-0 
Like I'm saying, he still said it was a fair result, though. But um, yeah, but that, that's really interesting. Go back to that. Um, what is interesting as well on the on the on the team as well. Obviously, we had Marcus Force playing for Brentford as well. He started for Brentford, and then Tony came on with Force. Uh, Force didn't have as much of the game as he normally does in these games and obviously Newcastle have done their homework on him um, they well they put two players on him a lot of the time and he didn't see a lot of the ball and he found it quite difficult Marcus Force there's a few people on our little ring who are saying that you know it's interesting to see this game for Marcus you know he's still got to work on certain elements of his game there's certain teams that he plays again and he'll blow them away. But you can see in a game like this where he was really sort of struggling to get, you know, any, any headway in there. I mean, there's an argument to say that if you've got two players on him, then, you, then you're freeing off something like Josh De Silva to do whatever he has to do and put the ball in the back of the net. But, um, you know, but Force has signed a six-year deal for Brentford. He just signed that today. It's been announced today. And so that shows that they absolutely rate him. Or maybe they're going to sell him in the summer. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's is there will there will be some people saying that, and it may be true. You never know. But so, have, having a player of, of his potential sign for uh, that that length of time shows, and uh, anyone that's listened to uh, the interview that he did on the club's official site, and he was speaking about the deal and why he would want to stay at Brentford and why it's the right place for him to continue his football education and his, and his development uh, it, 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 again it gives you hope you know he, he's, there's, there's been rumours with him going to top 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 European teams in, in Germany top 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 um, and that, that may Dort- that may happen Dortmund's, 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 a, Dortmund's the one yeah yeah Interesting. I mean so you know he's on he's on these radars now he's, he's obviously now uh not an established full international, but he scored against France in the last window. There's a good chance that he will become Finland's regular striker. He, he should, but he should do. Uh, we've just got to work out a way of, of of using him to his best potential when he can't be the f- the first choice centre forward. Ivan Tony is clearly the, the club's number one, number nine. And you know Marcus will go straight in there in that position when when Tony's not available or not playing. But do we have him on the bench and don't use him, or do we find another role for him um, so he, he can play more get more minutes, um, but maybe not in his desired position? And so, sometimes you know, and I think the Allard, uh he's one to say no, keep him on the bench, keep him pure, keep him. That an out and out, out and out goal scorer. Don't try and change his game to make him a winger. Go, go and get a winger. You know, go and get go and get the winger we need. Don't try and sort of dilute a, a, a brilliant striker into a kind of half half and half player. You know, we, we, this, we you can demonstrate you know where that's happened throughout football in history where a great player has become a lesser player because he's just not played in his best or natural or strongest position so i think he'll get his time i think that's you know it must be one of the selling points to his agent and to the player and to his family is the fact that he'll probably be the next first choice brentford striker you know if ivan tony were to be sold in the summer then you know marcus force will go straight in there I, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all 
if that sort of succession has been talked about. So we'll see. Only time will tell. Um, but it's just brilliant that we've got a player with that amount of ability here for the foreseeable. And also another bit of good news is that the prodigal son has returned, Pontus Jensen. Uh, we saw him, he's training as well today and he was very happy and he says can't look forward, he's really looking forward to Boxing Day. So it looks like Pontus Jensen is going to be back in contention whether or not he'll play on Boxing Day or not, we don't know. But we've got a game on Boxing Day against Cardiff, we've got a game against Bournemouth on the 29th, then we've got Bristol City on the 2nd of January. So it looks like the Jensen is back as well, so it looks like we're getting back to having our full squad back into in gear and just as we're coming into the transfer window as well where we may be buying one or two extra players just to kind of bolster up this is great news isn't it Laney? Yeah I wouldn't be surprised if we go into the transfer market uh, in January it's, uh, it's been talked about on the podcast and clearly you know the DOFs know that there's there's there's, there's money in the in the you know in the in the pot as it were um, we, we sold ridiculous amount of uh, talent in in the summer um, and more, all of more pays money wasn't spent from the previous year. Uh, so you know, it, wh- wherever they think we need strengthening, um, which we do, you know, we, we, we can't say that we're we're, we're the perfect team. We're not, and you, you, there is an argument, and we've we've made that argument, and we're not saying anything other than we're probably not as strong as we were a year ago. But what we're achieving with what we've got this year is, is, is greater than this time last year. And things can only improve. And I think that, you know, a left winger is something that we, 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 have, to, we have to consider, or more than consider, I'd say we have, to, we have to go for. And, you know, cover on the right and possibly cover up, up top as well. You know, um, you know, you, you, I know... Bill, you're still holding out for Tony to get 46 goals this season. You know, he's slipping, he's, he's slipping, he's slipping, he's slipping back from that goal per game. But you know, not to say he won't score three against Middlesbrough in the cup. No, no, no it has to be has to be league games, Laney. Has to be league games. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. You're, you're being right. a purist as well. Okay, cool. You know, so so you don't, you know, we don't. Yeah, we're not crying out for like seven players at all you know we're, we're in a really strong position and this cup run has showed that you know our A-team light as we've said all the way through is, is pretty bloody good but it, it, there is there is sort of a few question marks on the left and the right you know Mbwemo started scoring again but before that he, he looked off it um, um, Canos is coming good started off you know slowly um, you know Ben Rama He's still not there, and he still won't be there unless his loan period is uh, exactly that, and he does come back, which he won't. We know that's not going to happen. Um, but the, on the left, we're we're not as strong as this this time last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we make a significant signing, if not two. So um, it's it's going to be an exciting January, as, as hectic as December we've had. Um, January can be quite exciting. Exciting it will be, but not as exciting as well. It's January is the month where we're going to be playing Tottenham Hotspur, you know, in the semi-final of the League Cup. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to actually been to Tottenham's new stadium twice, actually. I've been there once for uh, to see Red Star Belgrade. I was in with the Red Star Belgrade fans, 
because uh, like I said to you, I got touched right up with the Red Star section. So that was quite interesting the first time. And also went there when Borough went there in the Cup as well. And so that was quite good. So it's good, interesting to see that stadium. And I'll tell you something, a real gutter for Bees fans not to be at that game. Because obviously, like you know, we want to be at a semi-final. It's going to be a new stadium for us. We're going to take a lot of fans there. We're going to make a lot of noise. The acoustics there is not too bad as well. So it's a little bit of a gutter. Listen, we're going to be doing, obviously, a pre-match Tottenham podcast where we talk to all sorts of characters we'll probably get Lloyd Awusu back on to talk about his goal against Portsmouth he was on the last podcast beforehand we'll get some of the podcast guys from from Tottenham you know we might get Flav like you know from from the from the Tottenham podcast we might get I don't know we'll get all sorts of characters on the Tottenham podcast as well so really look forward to that so we'll be talking about that more we actually have played Tottenham six times in the last or kind of 30 years 1992 we played them twice we lost uh, both times uh, 1998 uh, we played them home and away we lost both times 3-2 and then 2000 as well we drew at home nil all remember that one very well and then we lost away 2-0 we'll be talking about those games much more again in those podcasts and probably reminiscing back on those ones but just looking forward to those games looking how we're going to go into those games Laney we got Muff as we say on the 29th of December We've got Bristol City on the 2nd of January. And then we've got Spurs on the 5th of January. And then after that, we've got the Cup game, which is uh, Borough, on Saturday the 9th of January. Then our next league match is on Saturday the 16th. Now, to me, that seems to clear its way a little bit to playing a bit of a first team against Tottenham. because, And that could be the first time we have played, I think it's the first time we've played a first team in this League Cup since we played Birmingham City in 2010, just after we beat Everton. Everton, we played a first team, then we went to Birmingham, and then we went up there, and we very narrowly uh, almost beat them. They got a last-minute equaliser, then we went out on penalties. But I think that's the last time we played a first team, a full-strength team, against uh, in the League Cup, because after that, Uwe Rosa came in, and remember, he just changed everybody, and he just put all the sort of kind of youth players and the academy players, or whatever it was, in at that team. And then after that, I don't think we've ever played a full-strength team in the League Cup. So this potentially could also be groundbreaking if we actually play a first team in the League Cup, lady. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to second guess what, what the team selection would be for that for the, uh, the semi-final match. Uh, I'd, I'd probably go stronger, um, for almost, almost certainly I would. Um, um, this, is a, this really is now a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And but saying I that, Laney, but I know what you're saying, but on the following Saturday, on the Tuesday, the following Saturday, we're playing Borough mm. in the Cup. Now, if you're going to say which team are you going to put a B team out for, are you going to put it out for the semi-final of the League Cup or the third round of the FA Cup? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And then after that, we haven't got another league match for another seven yeah. days. So it kind of still seems to me that we it's really highly weighted to us playing a lot of our first team yeah, players. Yeah, let's see where we are. You know, it's, it's still, as you said, it's a couple of games to go. Assuming there's no injuries and there's no suspensions and what have you in, in that time, then you know, then I, I assume we go strong as possible for that match. And you say rest, rest players for the uh, for the Middlesbrough match. But uh, you know, Borough um, is is the kind of game that we. Probably could do without, um, as, you know. Um, I, you know, I don't. That's the, if anyone's not going to watch one game over Christmas in the New Year period, that's probably the game I won't be watching on telly. But obviously, I will. Um, Cardiff and Bournemouth come before then. Both of them uh, are going to be really, really stern tests for us. So, I mean, I, I think they'll 
put the the cup completely out of, of their minds now. Um, you know, it's, it's literally about Boxing Day in, in Bournemouth. So, uh, you know, hopefully we can carry on this this uh, this unbeaten run. But and talking wins. about Boxing Day, Boxing Day, we have got Cardiff City. We're going down to Cardiff to play them in the league. Very big game, very important game. We're switching out of cup mode and into league mode. We need to know much more about Cardiff. So after this little twang, we're going to go over to Cardiff and find out what exactly is going down. And we've had the Christmas break and it's Boxing Day as Brentford travel down to Cardiff to take on who was, well, last season, one of our playoff rivals. They were in the playoff semi-finals just like we were. And we need to find out a little bit more information about what Cardiff have been doing this season because they, they finished off all right last season and they, they're not doing too bad this season at all. So we thought we'd go over to Tom Phillips from View from the Ninian podcast to find out what's going down in Cardiff. Tom, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you? I'm not too bad, not too bad, mate. Christmas cheer for you. Is everything all right? Sort of kind of locked down, but, you know, you've got the right people around you. Is that how it's working? Yeah, I'm quite lucky. I'm back in uh, back in West Wales with my family, so uh, I can't complain. I can't complain at all. That's right. No complaining at all. No complaining. There's no complaining about how your team's been doing at the moment. I mean, they're not right up there, but they're actually kind of definitely putting their head above the parapet. I mean, they had a close shave last season, didn't they? They 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 they, they played Fulham in the playoff semi-finals. They lost to Fulham in the playoff semi-finals. But you know, last season, did you do better than you expected? Yeah, I think so. The way we started that season um, was quite turbulent, and uh, with Neil Harris coming in. I think we were just destined for mid-table mediocrity. So to go on a run at the end of the season, post the first lockdown, and find ourselves in the playoffs was a massive bonus for us. And then we didn't play too badly against Fulham, to be honest. We were quite unlucky after the second leg not to find us find ourselves going through. So, yeah, I think we overachieved last year and it's added a bit of expectation onto us for this season now. Yeah, I mean, Neil Harris, he came in. I mean, he changed a few things around. But what I noticed is that, you know, some of your fans initially weren't very impressed with Harris, I mean, what were your thoughts on him? I was quite excited by it because he, he comes with quite a good reputation of bringing some youth product into the team when he was at Millwall. He plays some decent football with quite a thin squad, and we have a, we have a thin squad. You know, we're not we're not we haven't got a huge huge amount of talent to come off the bench or deepen our squad if we've got injuries. So I was quite excited by it. But a lot of our fans, I think, they think our club are bigger than they are. So. When we see a name like Neil Harris think with us, I think people wanted a bigger manager coming in. But I think he was a perfect fit for us at the time. And I think he's proved that so far. And you say he's proved it. I mean, obviously, like I said to you, you got to the playoff semis last season. You've kind of sort of like, you know, you, you kind of sort of crept in sort of back on towards the back end of the season as well. Like, you know, you went on a little run, you know, just after. Well, I mean, we played you in February, I remember. And we, uh, we were 2-0 up. Um, before half time, we thought, hey, here we go. And all of a sudden, bang, bang, you got two goals back. And we were a bit gutted, actually, because we thought it was two points lost. But after that, you actually kind of went on a decent run. So, you know, and I think, you know, he, he was obviously, uh, he obviously must have done something to actually kind of give you that impetus towards the back end of the season, don't you think? Definitely. I think it was a turnaround in mentality a bit. You know, when Warnock left, the, the club was a little bit flat. Um, and, and Harris has come in and kind of, we've got that air of confidence now we're, we're not out the games even when we go behind and I think I don't know it, we're seeing it a little bit this season as well where we're starting to come back we, we start solely as a team that's the problem um, but you know we fight until the 90th minute now and I'm not sure if that was there before um, and I think yeah I think Harris has instilled a positive outlook on our squad 
this season, I mean, you're, you're tenth at the moment. You know, you've won eight games, you've lost seven games, and you're four points off Borough in the sixth place, the, the the final playoff place there. So, like I said, you, you're nicely poised. I mean, are you happy with how the season's gone? And you know, there are a couple of results out there that you thought think actually, you know, that just goes to show what we're all about. I'm definitely happy now. I think it would have been a very different conversation three or four weeks ago because we started the season so badly. But we've won five of our last seven games because um, we could have easily found ourselves completely out of it and completely away from the playoffs. So our recent run has been really important to find ourselves just four points off the playoffs. But there's still a little bit of... Um, I don't know. A lot of our fans aren't too happy, especially with like the manner of the defeat we had against Swansea. is a very, very poor game. And we're still don't seem to be hitting the heights that a lot of our fans expect. We, we haven't found the best of Harry Wilson yet. We, Moore's now injured for us as well, so that's our main kind of goal threat gone. So I think there's a kind of a feeling that there's more to come from our squad and we're not, we're not quite hitting the heights we should be. But personally, I'm, I'm just happy to be in with the shout coming up to halfway in the season. And, you know, we haven't done something like Nottingham Forest or Derby have done and found ourselves fighting at the bottom of the table rather than the playoff places. Yeah, how can I hear that as well? I mean, you, you mentioned a few players there as well. I mean, the player that I remember from last season, and he's a bit of a, a nemesis for Brentford because everywhere that he goes, he always seems to cause us problems. And you had Tomlin at the back end of, uh, well, say, at the middle of last season, and he was sort of knocking in quite a few goals for you. And then he got injured. And when he got injured, your form really dipped for quite a few games. And I think a lot of your fans probably thought, you know, that's it, it's all over for us. And I think after that, he came back again. And whether or not he scored or not, but him being in the side seems to be a person who seems to just really lift you. Is he a key player for you this season? And, and, and who else is doing the business for you out there? So Tomlin hasn't played um, for a couple of months now. He's been out injured again. Um, that's the problem with Tomlin. He's just, there's no consistency. Um, we haven't been able to get him on the field for months at a time um, he's been injured he's been in and out of the squad but I think where last year we, we relied on him going forward I think there's been some quite sensible additions to the squad from Neil Harris you, we've got the likes of Shea Yojo's come in which I wasn't too enthused about when he came in through the door but he's, be, he's been great for us he's been a revelation really he's had more of an impact than Harry Wilson but then obviously we've got Harry Wilson as well um, who can create something from nothing so he's a real danger for us Um I think lucky for you at the moment, Kiefer Moore's out injured until um, the beginning of uh, the new year. Um, everything good had gone through him at the beginning of this season. He, he, he creates chances, he holds the ball up well. He, he's a great finisher as well. So we'll be missing him for the game. Um, but we've got Robert Glatzel now who's come in, who's looking to prove a point at top for us. So um, I think they're our main dangers. Um, and But we're really strong from set pieces, both defending and attacking. So... We seem to get a lot of goals from Sean Morrison as well. So I think you'll have to keep an eye on Sean Morrison from free kicks and corners as well because that we're really dangerous there. Yeah, we know. You mentioned the name, the Morrison as well. He's uh, he's a person that we uh, we know fairly well. I would say he's the uh, um, Harris. Harris seems to like. Um, the Morrison, actually, I think, isn't he? Because he's, uh, I mean, you've got the Morrison. Also, you've got Glatzel as well, who was a player who sort of kind of last season, all of a sudden he sort of seemed to come into his own. Has he, has he been doing the business for you this season as well? In fits and starts, yeah. Um, he's had a couple of really clever finishes. He, he's scored a couple of goals in the last few games now that um, Moore's out as well. He's getting a bit more of a run in the team. So I think, yeah, um, I think we've still got our fingers crossed that we're going to get more from Glatzel. Um, he's threatening to be a, a great player but um, there seems to be more to come from him, we're hoping. But, you know, he's definitely one to look out for. He's not quite um, as strong in the air as Moore is, 
but get the ball to his feet and he's a, he's a cracking finisher and he can be very dangerous on his day. Yeah, Kiefer Moore, I mean, we definitely got to be on the lookout for him because, like I said to you, he seems to have kind of sort of switched into a new gear. I mean, looking at Cardiff, what you're, what the things that you're good at, you know, you're, you know, you know, we have to be very careful. You know, attacking your set pieces, you're very good. You're very good at coming back from losing positions. So even if we, you go behind, you know, we, you, you never give up. As you say, you're sort of a 90-minute team as well. You create chances through um, through balls as well. You know, you're good in the air as well which is sometimes that could be a little bit of a tricky um, area for Brentford I mean if you saw when we played the game again the other day when we played against uh, Reading and we're 3-0 cruising and then they got another cross into the area header into the box and that could be a little bit of an Achilles heel for us as well good at defending set pieces good at protecting the lead as well creating scoring chances and finishing scoring chances so there's a lot of things like I said we need to be on the lookout for you make quite a few errors as well, you know, and defending against skillful players is something that, you know, you find a little bit um, tricky from what I can see as well. And long shots. And you were saying that about your defence are a little bit, can be a little bit shaky. So if anything, if we have got a couple, you know, a few very creative players for us, I think the, the you know, what we're looking at is for the creative players actually to get on the ball and actually sort of kind of t- to terrorise defences a little bit more because we know they can do it and sometimes they're a little bit shy against that. But that could be a bit of a problem. Yeah, definitely. I think um, what you saw in our last game against Norwich as well, we're, we're defensively, we've set up well. We're, we're, pretty, we're pretty rigid, but we seem to back off around the box and give those skillful players time to shoot. And Buendia and um, Cantwell really punished us. And I think that's my fear going into this game against you, you know, with the likes of Tony and Forson and Buemo, you've got you've got quality there, you've got good finishes, you've got skillful players. And I think if you give them too much space and time, they're going to punish us. So that's my, my one worry, really. I think, I don't think you'll cause us too many problems in the air or anything like that, but I do worry if your creative attacking flair players get the ball at their feet, you could cause us some real problems. So, I mean, I mean, obviously we've heard, you know, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are. You know, Brentford are coming down to Cardiff on Boxing Day. How are you going to combat the Brentford team? I think, I think, I think we've just got to sit back. I, th- I think we're not going to play better football than you. Um, that's not our our deal. You know, you're, you're a good football inside, and I think, I think we'll end up letting you have a lot of the ball, um, staying structurally quite, kind of rigid, and then catching you on the break. I think is our is our best shot, really. Um, We've got the likes of Harry Wilson and, like I said, set pieces. So I think we're going to rely on a moment of magic from someone like Harry Wilson or scoring from a corner. I, I honestly think that's the way. We, it's going to be a bit of a smash and grab if we're going to get anything from this game. OK, so smash and grab in South Wales on Boxing Day. So listen, I was just going to ask you one more thing. Give us a score prediction. I think my head says it's going to be a, a, a narrow Brentford win, but... I can't say that as a Cardiff fan, can I? I think I think we'll nick it one 0 I'll go for that. <laughs> okay, he's going to go for it one 0 and I'm going to go for. Oh, I don't know. It's an away game for us. We like to draw quite a lot, but I think that we're on a bit of a bounce and a bit of a roll and a bit of a buzz after the Newcastle game. So I'm going to go one 0 to the Mighty V's down in South Wales on Boxing Day. So listen, Tom, great chatting to you. Good to catch up with you great that you've had a good Christmas break and everything like that hopefully you know you'll enjoy the game on Boxing Day hopefully not too much (laughs) we'll catch up with you after the match most definitely Um, this has been the Besotted Pride of West London mini pod thanks for listening everybody hope you had a good Christmas break and we'll catch up with you very soon brilliant so that was Tom from View from the Ninian podcast very very interesting view there and it 
listen, we're going to have our work cut out for it. We know, listen, we may be cup semi-finalists, but that means nothing in the league. And Neil Harris's side, as we know, always really, really tough teams for us to play against. So we need to be completely on the ball. We need to make sure that there hasn't been too much turkey and, uh, and Bucks Fizz drunk on Christmas Day. And we just need to make sure that we go out there and do the business. Listen, if we can get a point at Cardiff, I think, listen, I'll take that all day long. If we can get three points, then we'll be really rocking and rolling. Won't we, Laney? Yeah, we will be rocking and rolling. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not overly concerned. I'm not worried about Cardiff. You know, their last... Their last couple of um, home games, they've 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 conceded. Um, con- uh, um, they lost to uh, to Swansea, who are, who are fairly similar to us um, in, in in many many respects in in the way that we sort of like get the ball down and play. And then uh, although they beat Birmingham, they did let two goals in. So you know Birmingham are pretty pretty rubbish, if I'm honest with you. So uh, yeah, they're they're a strong team under Neil Harris, and you know he, he normally has his has his teams set up set up properly, and he, he knows how to play against us. Um, he's proved that against uh, you know against us when he was in uh, Millwall, um, and then Bournemouth, obviously you know that's the one after that, and that that should be a proper toe to toe game of football. Yeah, so I mean, what I think the one thing against Cardiff, we just have to make sure that we do not give away any free kicks because we've been giving away a few silly free kicks here and there and I think you know Cardiff are the team that we don't want to be doing that as well and Kiefer Moore we just need to keep him quiet because he's one of those players where when he's on when he's on fire when he's on the money he can cause a lot of problems as well you know but listen that's not a problem because it's Christmas day it's Christmas time we've had lots of cheer we're in the semi-final and listen we've got we've got a whole half a season to go as well so hopefully bees are going to go out there and they're going to do the business against Cardiff because it's Christmas, we're not actually even going to give any score predictions, are we, Laney? Because I think we, we should just leave it to the gods. Whatever happens, happens, doesn't it? Yeah, let it, let it, let it, ha- let it happen. Let it snow, Bill. Let it snow. <laughs> let it snow. I mean, I think I've given a full score prediction there with uh, with Tom, but you know, but maybe I could change my mind after that. Anyway, just yeah, just depends on how it goes. But anyway, this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. We are I'll tell you something, you know, as we started, we got the silver we got the silver prize in the old Pod London the the, 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 the podcast awards, the, the best EFL podcast and Brentford are going for the silver prize in the in the in the in the trophy, in the in the League Cup trophy as well. So like you know, so we are we are the silver Brentford team as the moment now as we're going into the new year. Listen, hope you've had a great Christmas. Hope you had a great Christmas day with your families, but it's all back down to the football now. Very much looking forward to it. We're going to Cardiff and hopefully we can get a result. As we say, Laney, what do we say? Come on, Ubees. Ubees. Happy Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everybody. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.